Hey everybody, I do trust and pray that you're all doing well. I know that God has caused his face to shine upon us and for that we thank him for his grace and for his mercy. Uh, today I want to revisit again Job uh, chapter 1 uh, verses number 6 through 22. Um, again Job chapter 1 verses 6 through 22. Uh, and I want to lift up this premise, trusting while grieving. Trusting while grieving. Uh, so we're going to look at Job chapter 1, uh, verses 6 through 22. Um, that is a, a long pericope, but I, um, um, I want to read it all uh, just so we can have context uh, to the backdrop of, of Job's narrative. So let's look at Job chapter 1, uh, verses 6 through 22. Uh, the Bible records, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. The Lord said to Satan, From where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it. The Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for no reason? Have you not put a hedge around him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions and have increased in the land. But stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, behold, all that he has is in your hand. Only against him do not stretch out your hand. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Now there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And there came a messenger to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them. And the Sabians fell upon them and took them and struck down the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, The Chaldeans formed three groups and made a raid on the camels and took them and struck down the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And behold, a great wind came across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young people, and they are dead, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Now watch the response of Job. Uh, then Job, verse 20, Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshiped. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all this Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. All right. So look at verse 20 again. Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshiped. Again, I want to lift up uh, this particular premise, trusting 
while grieving. Trusting while grieving. Um, it is no secret uh, that we as human beings, um, we face some tough situations. We face some tough circumstances. Uh, we face tough times. Um, and as long as we are in the flesh and as long as we're living, uh, we're going to have obstacles to overcome. We're going to have uh, mountains to climb, uh, hills to climb, and there's going to be uh, some deep valleys uh, in our life. I think it's important uh, that we learn how to deal and navigate uh, in those valleys and that we learn how to overcome uh, those particular instances uh, and, and know how to operate and function uh, within those particular circumstances. Um, it's inevitable that we're going to have valleys in our life. It's inevitable that we're going to fall short. It's inevitable that we're going to have pain. It's inevitable that we're going to have heartache. Um, and so I think we have to uh, learn how to deal with the sorrow and to deal with the grief uh, from a biblical perspective um, and and understand what it means to grieve uh, even while uh, we are Christian. Uh, so while we are grieving, I think it's important um, that we understand that there is biblical precedent to our grief um, and that God has given us uh, answers in the scripture. Uh, God has given us instances in the scripture to show us uh, what it is that we need to do uh, in these circumstances. Um, and so in looking at uh, Job's narrative, uh, we see that Job um, uh, is plagued with uh, some bad news. Um, he is overwhelmed with tragedy. Uh, he is overwhelmed um, with distress and disaster. Uh, that bad news on top of bad news on top of bad news has come uh, and met his doorstep one after the other. Um, the narrative uh, opens up. Uh, Job um, receives the news of him losing, uh, losing everything that he owned at that point. Uh, and, and it got all the way down to the fact of him losing uh, the life uh, of all of his children in one day. Um, and the, the, the sad news or, or the sad reality um, is that life um, is fleeting. Uh, life happens uh, and sometimes it happens whether we want it to happen or not. Um, and uh, what takes place in our life uh, is that sometimes all it takes is for one moment uh, to change the entire trajectory of our lives. And I'm sure that many of you uh, can attest to that, uh, that that is one moment in your life uh, that has changed the entire trajectory of your life. I have that testimony that one instance uh, has certainly changed uh, the entire trajectory of my life. And um, the truth of the matter is those moments happen unexpectedly. Uh, but how do we deal? How do we deal uh, with those moments? Uh, what is the proper biblical response? What is the Christian response to those moments? Now, the first thing I want us to realize, and I only have two today, uh, is that the first thing is it is okay to grieve. All right. It is okay to grieve. Uh, so you may want to type that uh, in the chat box or tell somebody that it is okay to grieve. Uh, looking at the text, let's look at Joe's response 
after he received uh, the news that he received. Um, look at his response. Verse 20. Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head. And we'll stop there. Uh, the tearing of the robe uh, and the shaving of the head. Looking at verse 20 here. Um, the, 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 the tearing of his robe and the shaving of his head uh, is a sign of grief in his culture. All right. Job tore his robe. He shaved his head, which symbolized grief in Job's culture. Uh, and so uh, Job, uh, he responded with overwhelming sadness. Uh, the, that's what happened at first. He, he, he responded with overwhelming sadness. He was hurt by the news that he received. And it is okay to be hurt uh, by, by bad news. It is okay to be hurt by sad news. It is okay uh, to be hurt by tragedy. It is okay to be hurt by disaster. Um, there is no uh, Christian prize uh, for those who feel as if um, they have to appear strong uh, in the presence of individuals when they receive bad news. It is okay uh, to hurt. It is okay to grieve. The tragedies of Job are all actual historical events. They are not figments of his imagination. Um, and because of that, the pain and the suffering that Job is enduring is real and it is authentic, right? Now, these are real events. These are historical events that Job is facing. It is not a figment of his imagination. Um, it is not playing in the battlegrounds of his mind. These are historical events. Job suffered a tangible loss. He suffered a tangible loss that affected his emotions. Um, and that's what happens in the life of the Christian. Uh, that much like Job's tragedies, our issues are real. Our issues are historical uh, and they cannot be swept away and swept underneath the rug, uh, sometimes with a comforting word. Uh, they cannot be swept away with a comforting phrase. Uh, and I think we have to realize that um, not every situation will get better. All right. Let me say that again. We have to realize and come to the, to the understanding that not every situation will get better. Um, we love to say that. Uh, we love to say that better days are coming. We love to say uh, that it will get better. And maybe that's true uh, for certain situations and certain circumstances. But the truth of the matter is every situation uh, will not get better. Uh, but God knows how to make every situation bearable, not for us, but it's bearable for him. Uh, and he loves how he knows he knows how to carry us and lift us in those moments uh, where the situation is not bearable for us. All right. So every situation is not going to get better. And I think we do a great disservice uh, when we try to sweep people's problems underneath the rug uh, and sweep them underneath that phrase of it's going to get better. Uh, I think we have to uh, realize and come to the understanding um, that pain is real. And, and sometimes pain uh, is going to last for the rest of our existence or the rest of our uh, lives here on Earth. Um, and we have to have to learn how to deal 
with the everlasting pain that we feel. We have to learn how to deal uh, with uh, the, the, the tragedy that we're facing. We have to learn how to deal with the agony that we're facing. We have to learn how to deal with the distress. Um, and we cannot continue to sweep things underneath the rug. Right. We usually offer that phrase that it will get better. But the truth of the matter is everything will not get better. Um, but God knows how uh, to bear the situation for us when we can't bear it ourselves. Um, in many cases, um, it's it's not designed to get better. Right. And so by telling individuals uh, that it will get better, that uh, gives a a pseudo hope that can have a negative impact on their faith in God. Let me say that one more time. Uh, for situations that God has orchestrated <clears throat> that will not get better, uh, if we offer them this hope, this false hope, this pseudo hope that it will get better, can uh, be a detriment to their faith in God uh, because we're making promises for God that God hasn't promised. All right. We're making promises for God that God hasn't promised. So we tell individuals that God said it's going to get better. Uh, but God says, no, it might not get better. Uh, and so when we tell individuals that we offer them this pseudo hope uh, that could negatively impact their faith in God. Uh, and so I think it's important that we tell individuals the truth uh, that certain situations will not get better. But God will bear the burden for us. God will bear uh, what we are facing is too heavy for us to carry. It's too heavy for us to handle. But God knows how to handle every burden, handle every distress, uh, have it handle every circumstance. Right. Um, so it's OK to grieve. It is OK to grieve. Uh, grief. Um, grief is uh, not just um, focusing on um, the loss of people, um, but it could be reaction to. Um, bad news. It could be reaction to a diagnosis. It could be reaction uh, to tragedy, reaction to a circumstance. Um, and so grief at times can overtake us in moments that we're not even expecting. All right. Uh, but we have to uh, realize that our grief is not hopeless. All right. While it is okay to grieve, uh, the reason why it's OK for us to grieve is because our grief is not hopeless. All right. First Thessalonians 4, 13 says, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others who do not have any hope. All right. So our our grief is not hopeless, but our grief is hopeful. All right. What does that mean? Um, while while we miss the tangible presence of our loved ones, while we lament over the over the diagnosis, uh, we look forward with great anticipation to the perfect kingdom of God, the perfect kingdom of heaven, where all will be fulfilled according to the will of God. All right. So uh, it is it is OK. Uh, it is OK uh, to grieve. It is OK to process. Uh, it is OK um, to try to come to an understanding of what it is that we're facing. Uh, grief brings a wave of emotions. Right. Grief brings a wave of emotions. 
Um, it is uh, emotional suffering uh, that is brought out and brought on by bereavement, mishap, or tragedy or disaster. Um, to grieve is to cause uh, one to feel sorrow, uh, to feel distress. All right, so it brings about those uh, those waves of emotions, and, and it's a roller coaster at times. Sometimes up, sometimes down. Sometimes we're in high peaks, um, and sometimes we're in uh, low valleys. Um, and it comes uh, without warning at times, but it is okay. It is okay to grieve. All right. Um, I think a lot of times we get into this notion that Christians don't grieve, and that's just not the case. Uh, we hurt. We sorrow. We just don't sorrow as those with no hope. Uh, our grief is not hopeless, but it is hopeful. All right. Uh, the concept of grief is is found all throughout Scripture. Um, in in a variety of circumstances, Isaac uh, and Rebecca experienced grief when their son Esau married a Hittite woman. Um, God mourned the misery of Israel that was brought upon them by their disobedience. Right? Hannah Hannah was so sad that uh, because she had no son, uh, that she appeared to be drunk while she was praying. Uh, Samuel uh, was distraught over God rejecting King Saul, so much so that God had to approach Samuel and say, how long are you going to mourn for King Saul after you've seen that I've already rejected him? All right. Uh, grief is found all throughout the Psalms. Um, the book of Lamentations is a book um, that is that is dedicated to grief. Uh, lament means to grieve, means to cry, means to weep, to mourn. And so there's a, to, a there's a book of lamentations within the Canaan of Scripture. Uh, it is devoted to the expression of grief, to to the biblical uh, the the biblical process of grief. All right, uh, prophets in the Old Testament are grieving. Uh, the apostles in the New Testament, disciples in the New Testament are grieving. And Jesus himself experienced sorrow and distress. Right? And we saw it in the Garden of Gethsemane. But we also saw him experience sorrow and distress for his friend Lazarus. Uh, when the Bible records, <laughs> Jesus wept. Um, and so we see that grief is biblical um, and, and I cannot say it enough that it is okay for us to grieve and to grieve properly. All right. Uh, so remember that we do not grieve as those with no hope, um, but our hope, our, our grief is hopeful. All right. Uh, and that God will bear the burden, um, that is on us. And so Job, he grieved, uh, he felt the pain, he felt the, the, the agony and he grieved. All right. Um, and so it is okay. It is okay to grieve. All right. Um, but secondly, um, not only should we grieve in moments of tragedy, but we have to worship. It is okay to grieve. But secondly, it is beneficial to worship. All right. It is okay to grieve, but it is beneficial to worship. Let's go back to the text. All right. Notice the response of Job, verse 20. And then Job arose, he rent his robe, uh, tore his robe, shaved his head, 
and fell on the ground and worshipped. All right. Uh, So he's grieving. But in his grief, he recognizes that God is still worthy to be worshipped. So he's hurting. But yet God is still worthy. Job recognized uh, that it is worship that is going to get him through his grief. All right. It's okay to grieve. He's hurting. He's in pain. He's in agony. But he doesn't stay only in a state of grief. His state of grief is coupled with a state of worship. So in essence, Job is trusting while grieving. Right. Job is trusting while grieving. And that is the process that we have to have to overtake, undertake uh, is that in our grief, we have to trust God while we are in the process of grieving. All right. So uh, Job, Job worshiped. He, he fell on his on the on his face, fell on the ground and he worshiped. He worshiped God. Uh, because of who God is. And y'all hear me say all the time, as I, as I said last week, um, that our worship is not predicated only on what God does, but our worship is predicated on who God is, right? And because God doesn't change, our worship should not change, right? God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, and if he's consistent, then our worship is consistent. If our worship fluctuates, then it's not based on God. If our worship shifts, it's not based on God. If our worship ever hits different, <laughs> then it's not based on God because God doesn't hit different. God doesn't fluctuate. God doesn't change. And because our worship is predicated on who God is, then our worship remains the same. Right. So even in tragedy, even in in distress, worship is beneficial. It is the proper response uh, to our pain. It is the proper response to our agony. It is the proper response to what we are facing. Job says naked. I came from my mother's womb. He says naked. I came from my mother's womb and naked shall I return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Notice what he says. He says, I'm, I'm dealing with this stuff. I've lost it all, but I did not come here with anything. And I know I cannot leave with anything. And even though the Lord has given and the Lord has taken away, blessed be the name of the Lord. His name is still worthy to be praised. His name is still worthy to be glorified, even when I don't feel like glorifying him. His name is still worthy to be praised, even when I don't feel like praising him. His name is still worthy to be worshipped, even when I don't feel like worshiping. But I have to 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 recognize um, that in my grief, in my sorrow, in our grief, in our sorrow, that it is beneficial for us to worship. How? Why is it beneficial? Uh, because. When we worship, what it causes us to do is to lift our eyes towards heaven, causes us to lift our eyes towards God and worship lightens the burden that's on us. It doesn't dismiss the burden. 
It doesn't take the burden away, but it lightens the burden that's on us in that moment because we're not focusing on what, what we're facing, what we're dealing with, but we're focusing on God. We're focusing on the one who can handle the heavy load that we are carrying. All right. Psalm 24, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up your everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. When we lift our head, when we lift up our head, the King of glory comes in. <laughs> when we lift our head, God comes in. Uh, he is nigh unto them of a broken spirit and of a contrite heart. Uh, so uh, God is is with us in the midst of our trial. He's with us in the midst of our circumstance. He is Emmanuel. God is with us. He is with us. And so worship uh, not only allows us to see God, uh, but it allows us to 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 look beyond what we're facing and what we're dealing with and take our eyes off the issue and focus on God. All right. In all of this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. In all of this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. All right. He worshiped, he grieved, but in all of this, he did not sin and neither did he charge God with wrong. That is what I want to encourage you today. Um, is that although we're hurting, although we have hurt in our heart, although grief has overtaken us, um, do not sin and do not charge God with wrong. He's too wise to make any mistakes and he's too good to do any harm unto us. God is good even when he doesn't feel good. God is great even when our situation doesn't feel great. And God is worthy even when we don't feel like worshiping him. Remember, it is okay to grieve, um, but we don't grieve with the, as those with no hope. Our grief is not hopeless, but our grief is hopeful. And also remember that it is beneficial to worship. Don't stay in a moment uh, of uh, where we lose our ability to worship. Don't ever get to the place where we lose our ability to cry out to God as the deer panteth after the water brooks. So my soul longs for thee, O God, Psalm, Psalm 42, verse 1. As the deer pants after the water brooks, so does my soul long for thee, O God. Our soul is yearning for God. Psalm 30, verse 5. His anger endureth but a moment, but in his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Joy is coming in the morning. And might I submit to you that not only is joy coming in the morning, M-O-R-N-I-N-G, uh, but joy is coming even while you are in mourning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. Uh, God knows how to give you joy. God knows how to give you peace and strength, even in the midst of of your circumstance. So while you're grieving, continue to trust God. Continue to believe God, even in the midst of your trial. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we bow to thank you for being God. We honor you for your transcendence and your remnants. Father, I ask that you would help us to understand and process what it is that we're facing. 
Help us to navigate in this area of our life that we're currently in. Father, there are those who are overwhelmed with grief. There are those who are overwhelmed with their circumstance, those who are overwhelmed with their trial. And it is my prayer, God, that you would lift the burden, that you would lift them while they're holding on to the burden. That, Father, that if it is in your will for it not to get better, I ask that you would at least allow it to become bearable. And even if it's not bearable for them, I pray, God, that you would bear the burden that is on our shoulder, bear the burden that is on our back. Father, we're trusting in you. We have confidence in you. Help us to grieve properly. Help us to grieve from a biblical perspective and help us to understand that it is okay to cry. It is okay to have hurt in our heart. It is okay to mourn. Help us to realize how to worship even in the midst of our trial. Help us to help us to worship. Help us to to seek your face in the midst of our circumstance, to seek your face in the midst of our in the midst of our tragedy. Father, help us to continue to believe you. We give your name the praise, your name the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. May heaven smile upon you. Remember to continue to believe God. God bless you.